This is Robert Cardenas from Possessed Cough and Text, and you are listening to KFMP Misery Point Radio. Wanderers, thanks for joining me again on Misery Point Radio. I appreciate you dragging your socially distanced asses and mask-covered stinkholes through the wasteland to hang out with me here in the dark void of my own personal audio quarantine zone. As you all know, I'm on a perpetual quest to purge the cosmos of all that doth suck. And while we're many moons away from that happening, the conversation you're about to hear will smite the gods of musical shittiness and help illuminate the path to metal salvation, or damnation depending on your clearly twisted point of view. Today's guest, Robert Cardenas, is no stranger to the eternal battle for control of the airwaves. While some might know him for his work with legendary OG metal overlords Possessed, the reality is he's been on the scene since the early days during the formative years of the San Francisco and LA metal scenes, and prior to joining Possessed, had already made a name for himself as the bassist, vocalist, and founding member of the brutally melodic death metal band Coffin Text. Bobby was cool enough to open the vault and take me on a trip back in time to revisit the early days of the scene. We discussed his early projects, the formation concept and progression of Coffin Text, his long-standing partnership with Emilio Marquez, and the path that led him to join the Mighty Possessed. We also took a deep dive down the rabbit hole and chatted about some of his influences, his love of different kinds of music, other projects he's working on, the status of the new Coffin Text material, and general thoughts about this last year and what may be in store. Let me tell you, Bobby is cool as fuck. This was a great conversation. He was very open and willing to talk about the past, present, and the future, so I'm excited and honored to share this conversation with you. I really am. So, grab your onk. Hop into that sarcophagus and prepare for your journey to the nether realm of metal awesomeness. Check this out. Hey, Bobby, welcome to the show. Appreciate you taking the time to hang out today. No problem. What's going on? Oh, man, what's going on? That's, uh, <laughs> you can't really answer those questions anymore, can you? It's uh, every day. It's a new new pile of madness. Uh, crazy yeah, year. We all with, know what's going on. Yeah, you know, yeah. COVID and you know, fucking fires and you name it. Hey, speaking of fires, I was talking to you know Claudius a couple months back, and he's up there, kind of probably a little bit farther north than you. But were you affected by those fires we had a couple months back? Uh, yeah, a little bit. You know, the smoke down here in LA just you know, pollution, you know, but, uh, it, it is what it is, dude. You know, it's burning everywhere. California is always one big fucking fire. So <laughs> yeah. And you guys do those, uh, you guys do those rolling blackouts too. So I don't know if that helps with it all or not, but, uh, every day it seems like there's something crazy going on over there. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's how that's for sure. <laughs> right on. Well, speaking of crazy years, I mean, there. so there's obviously been a lot going on. Lots of stuff's been kind of rescheduled and projects put on hold and new projects kind of come to the forefront. Now, if I recall correctly, you had a canceled tour earlier this year, right? That was just getting ready to kind of get set off. Yeah, actually, we were about to leave when COVID happened. So we were like, I was uh, actually about to leave out the door, you know. So 
uh, yeah, it was like, I think it hit here uh, Friday the 13th. I was supposed to be on a flight. And yeah, we got the call, you know, not to get on the flight. And uh, it was pretty late. It was around 10 p.m. We were all wondering what was going on. Everybody was, you know, curious because it was like, yeah, shit was happening all over the place. And they were shutting everything down. And, you know, we were staying in contact, wondering if we were going to be able to do it. And, yeah, obviously, yeah, it didn't happen. So, And which tour know, was this just, for? Uh, this was for uh, the Pestilence uh, Possessed Tour. We were supposed to do... I'm not really sure how many dates they were supposed to be done, but uh, we were supposed to end in Tampa, Florida at at, uh, at the Brass Mug. That was going to be the last show. But, um, yeah, dude, they shut it down. You know, everything got shut down. You know, we got stuck with a shitload of merch that's just sitting, you know, in a warehouse. Oh. So, yeah, it's it's pretty brutal. The guys from Pestilence, they got... They got shut down like I think that week. That 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 week that that shit was going down. They were like, no, we're not we're not going. They were supposed to go to Mexico, and then they were supposed to start the tour here. And yeah, they got shut down. I guess to go to Mexico. So they were like, you know what? If we can't go to Mexico, then there's no point. You know, this shit's gonna be fucked. <laughs> so you know what I mean? So yeah. they already knew already what was going down. So they, they pulled out, and when they pulled out, we were like, oh, shit, they pulled out. What the fuck are we going to do if this if it happens, you know? But, um, but yeah, it didn't happen, obviously. So here we are, yeah. you know, in November now. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's crazy. But, you know, I guess the, the flip side to all that is that, you know, bands, while they can't play and, you know, maybe they're getting fucked in the ass by getting stuck with extra merch and stuff like that, I think like a lot of online sales have picked up and of course people are using this time to, you know, write new material or do lots more kind of fan engagement. So, and which uh, if I am correct, of course, there's, there's some new coffin text in the works, correct? Yeah. Yeah, there is. I mean, it's, it's a slow process, you know, because like we're all kind of spread out, but you know, we're still working on it. we got the four songs ready to go. We just need to, you know, get the, the, the rehearsal time really that's what really what it is yeah because our guitar player he uh he works for the railroad so he's like always working and this guy likes fucking all over the place so it's really hard to get this guy to just you know get like three days out of him to just sit down because he, he can't even take three days off if he he's so busy doing shit with you know at work so we really you know, the time he does have with us, you know, we, we try to utilize it as much as possible to just try to focus on getting the four songs ready for the EP. Yeah. And, uh, and so that's that's the plan. And as you guys are working on a, on a on an EP, how many songs are you planning on doing? That's just the four songs we were going to we were planning on doing uh, five. But we just decided, you know, the fifth song was kind of like a bonus, you know, like it was a cover song. But. Yeah, we decided not to do it. So we're just going to go with the four songs and that's it. Oh, right on. I'm sure there'll be four super fucking badass songs, I have no doubt. So I was hoping to talk history with you for a little bit. I think that one of the things that not a lot of people realize is that you guys are actually pretty OG. Coffin Tex has been a band for somewhere in the vicinity of 25 or so years. Is that right? 
Yeah. Yeah. We started uh, right after Entity died, which was like uh, 94. You know, Entity was like an old band that, you know, I used to play in like from 90, 90 to 90. It was 1990 to like 94 that yeah. band existed. So like, uh, you know, the guitar player, that's where Rich came from. So, uh, yeah, me and him, you know, when that band disbanded, you know, I looked at him like, hey, you know, do you want to keep jamming? And he was like, yeah, you know, Infamy ended up being the other, the, the drummer and the guitar player from uh, Entity, which was the old band. They ended up forming into Infamy, which was, you know, another death metal band from L.A. back in the 90s. But uh, yeah, me and Rich ended up moving on to do Coffin Text. So yeah, and uh, and when did when did Emilio come into the picture? Uh, Emilio, sheesh, let me see. Well, I started playing with Emilio and in, in Engrave. That's another. It was like a thrash. Uh, it was like a more of a thrashy band, like more like a thrash metal band. Okay. But um, you know, they started with you know the bass player from infamy you know like he was, <laughs> right. you know we were like we, it was like a big circle dude like everybody was just forming other bands with different members all the time so jagger which was brainstorm which was the band that emilio came from that was emilio's first band like if anybody ever wonders where emilio got his chops from it was from brainstorm straight up i, I mean you know sadistic intent was yeah when they got him he was already he was already a beast. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, like Emilio, when I saw Emilio play when we were fucking kids, you know, this was like 89, dude. You know, his brother, Emilio's brother, Eddie, used to play with Jagger in, in you know, Warfare and all these other thrash bands, you know? And that's where Emilio, Emilio was always like, you know, he liked Alex Van Halen, like Alex Van Halen shit. You know, his brother, Emilio's brother, Eddie, liked Priest. He was the priest guy. So he kind of like got Emilio into his chops, you know, when they were kids. Emilio, you know, that's where he got his influence from, was from his older brother, really. His older brother was a drummer. So, um, so yeah, you know, that's how he got his chops, dude, was from Brainstorm, which was Jagger. And then when Brainstorm broke up, they, that infamy, everything happened at the same time. Brainstorm broke up and, and Entity broke up at the same time. So when we broke up, everybody kind of like, jumped into like other bands with the other members you know what i mean yeah so so uh emilio ended up going to sadistic intent you know and then uh you know jagger went to like infamy and uh and then that shit started and after a while like i guess uh adrian wanted to you know start doing the brainstorm stuff again but we couldn't call it brainstorm because i was playing bass jagger wasn't ah. you know so so they said well let's call it engraved. So, you know, Mario, the guitar player, yeah, he, he, he's the one that thought up the name. So we just stuck with engraved and, you know, Emilio was the drummer for brainstorm. It's just basically, I just took Jagger's place, you know? Sure. So that's how I ended up playing with Emilio and engraved. And then we played, I don't know, I think we like disbanded around like 2002 or some shit like that, 2003. And, uh, and at that time, Coffin text was, you know, we were we were struggling to stay alive, dude. Like it was like rough. Once, you know, <laughs> our drummer at the time, Marcelino, we had Marcelino for like, I don't know, from nine from ninety five to like after we did the incantation tour, uh, 
I don't know, maybe a couple of years after that. So that was around maybe 2002, I think, uh, uh, Mars left the band. And we ended up getting Ariel uh, Alvarado to do drums, you know. And, uh, yeah, he did a great job. We did the three, you know, we did a demo with him. And, uh, you know, we just tried to keep keep the name going for a while. Emilio joined after Ariel left. So we were still trying to knock out the Tomb of Infinite ritual because, yeah, it was like we kept losing members, you know, it was really hard to keep shit going. So everybody was busy doing shit. Yeah. So, Well, and also keeping in mind that back at that time, you know, that that was really more or less during the formative years of the genre. You know, it's, uh, you know, death metal hadn't really caught on if you will uh to the degree yeah. that it is now and, and uh, obviously because i played in bands around that time and i remember even just getting a show would be like okay crazy weird extreme metal guy we're gonna put you on country music night um because oh, nobody shit. else wants to fucking play with you so <laughs> <laughs> which city is that you're uh, in uh, san jose right I, I, i'm in seattle oh in seattle yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I could see that going on up there. Yeah, Seattle's a trip. I played up there a couple of yeah, times. But California, the the Bay Area and L.A. and stuff, you know, you guys had a pretty robust scene kind of from the get-go, but I assume it was still tough. And the the rotating band member thing, I mean, that is what it is. Uh, that, you know, <laughs> I don't think there's a band yeah. out there that hasn't had that issue. Well, you know, the, the thing was, too, is that it was kind of like um, – you know, the level of musicianship that we were at, like, cause all of us were like, kind of like really hungry for it. So we would never like accept anybody that was weak. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> in their plane, in their plane, you know, cause some of the songs are, I mean, some of the shit we play is pretty fucking challenging. Yeah. You know what I mean? We don't, we don't, we don't fucking dick around when it comes down to this shit. So, but um, yeah, you know, that was the thing that, like, you know, we always try to keep that, that level of fucking, you know, of playing very high. So it was kind of hard to keep people like wanting to stay in the band. You know what I mean? Cause the shit's so fucking hard to play. Yeah. And then Emilio, like when we did the, you know, we did a demo, uh, you know, tomb of infinite ritual, which was the three song demo with Ariel. And yeah, it came out really fucking good, dude. It was a pretty good demo. And, you know, it was really hard to find somebody to take this guy's place. Cause he was such a good fucking drummer, you know, and Emilio's heard that shit. And he's like, Oh fuck, I could do that. You know, okay, well, you know, you know, be, you know, show me who the man is. You know what I mean? Like, so yeah, he he took care of it, dude. He he did the, the album and it came out fucking tits, and we were happy with it. Don't you know? The only thing we were not happy was with was look it, when it comes down to production and you're you're an artist, that shit matters a lot. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, especially when you put a lot of fucking years in your stuff. You know, so the the thing was is like blood harvest had put out the album you know and we were appreciative and we had much gratitude for the label even fucking wanting to help us dude but when it came down to the mastering it was a total fumble the shit came out really fucking like mumbly like like it just sounded or my own opinion i i just did not like it you know a lot of people don't hear it they just accept it the way it is and it is what it is but me i was just that, that was one of the things that kind of fucking pissed me off yeah. about that whole album, you know, was the mastering that Blood Harvest did, you know, but, you know, what can you do? You just got to move on after you put, you know, I think it was like, I think we put like something like, I don't know, 10 years into that album, 
of, yeah. you know, <laughs> you yeah, know what I mean? It took us 10 years. Yeah, it took us 10 years to get that album together. <laughs> and then it wasn't quite what you wanted. It's really. Oh, no, dude. Yeah, well, the guy fumbled on it. He gave it to some German dude out there to, to master the album, and it just came out sounding fucking horrible. And it was just like, dude, you know, we, you know, I can't keep, you know, doing this. This guy was like, oh, no, you know, you, it was the second time he had did it. Oh, we, we can't just keep going back and forth. So they ended up pressing it the way it was. And I was just, I wasn't happy, you know, but what can you do? It's really funny too now because people will be like, um, a lot of the, a lot of the purists, if you will, a lot of the really old school guys, they, they just shit on the really well-produced albums and they'd rather go back and listen to the old raw kind of sound. Um, and there's a huge movement for that, that of people that really appreciate that kind of sound. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I totally, dude. I totally agree. You know, then I mean, you, you got to be that album got remastered, right? And and by by uh, Bill Matoyer. Yeah, actually, we we did we had it remastered by him, and that that you know that recording, I, I you know I like. You know what I mean? That, <laughs> that's the shit that I I would have I would have you know liked fucking Blood Harvest to put out, but that's not you know that's not what happened you know so we just we just let it go and we're working on this ep and that's all we can do you know yeah but uh you know but overall though i'm I'm happy with the way the album came out i, I thought it was it was cool you know yeah no i i think the the coffin tech sound i'm a i'm a huge fan of um i i I don't usually like to try to compare bands together, but you know, it's kind of like, I really like the fact that sometimes it's got like a morbid angel vibe to it. And then other times it's got like an old school immolation vibe to it. Um, it's really fast. It's really intense. Uh, the vocals are awesome. I also love the fact that just the concept of the band with the whole Egyptian thing, I think is fucking cool because it's different. I love the mythology aspect. In fact, coffin text itself name comes from you know that that whole uh the incantations and spells that were found you know inside you know coffins in sarcophagus stuff i saw i just thought that was super badass yeah yeah well you know the the name yeah exactly the name itself i you know i kind of ponder the name a lot so that's the reason why some of the lyrics are a lot they're not just each uh based on egyptian mythology or anything or like egyptian um you know believe for anything but uh yeah you know it's just uh it's just something that we got to just you know folk i focus on the name itself Mm -hmm. and and just try to just write things that are kind of similar in the beliefs you know and kind of like the belief system you know what i mean that uh the coffin tech belief system you know like people believe in in spells and and shit that's going to take them out of turmoil you know when this world's over you know so that's why uh that's one of the reasons why i i kind of like you know write the stuff that i write you know so it's not necessarily just based on the mythology aspect but it's really more tied deeply to if you will the the text and the idea of what the text we're trying to relay which i guess then is a perfect name for you know gods of creation death and afterlife it's just it's a perfect fitting tie-in to the name of the band and the the concept of what those texts actually were yeah yeah exactly you know all that stuff's in the same realm i i just basically just uh you know i focus on a lot of 
you know, I ponder the thought of what's next. You know what I mean? Like every, I think everybody wonders that, you know, like what's next after all this shit's done, Sure. you know, after we leave here, you know? So yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty much what I write about a lot of the time. Some, sometimes I'll, I'll write my stuff about, you know, uh, Egyptian, uh, based on Egyptian, uh, belief, like what they, what their belief systems were, you know, like on, on the God system. But yeah, that, you know, my lyrics are, you know, it's, uh, I guess trivial, you could say. Well, we're going to check out one of these songs right now. So here it is off the Tomb of Infinite Ritual. This one's called The Sacred Eye.
know if i'd say trivial i mean clearly it's it's uh i think coffin text has had had an impact on the industry in the sense that it's kind of one of those bands that's the uh kind of the the shining star of the underground that people find it and they go holy fuck this is amazing because i've i hadn't heard about the band um until you know relatively recently and a friend of mine turned me on and i was like holy fuck these guys have been around forever oh shit this is this is fucking body in this band i had no idea and i started listening to it and i was like God damn, how could I have missed this back in the day? So I love the fact that there's uh, still kind of people that are going back and finding the old stuff. In fact, I assume, I mean, I could be wrong, but maybe uh, the popularity of, uh, you know, Revelations and how well that album did for Possessed, um, did that get you kind of a resurgence in listeners for Coffin Text? Yeah, totally, totally. I mean, you know, Possessed, you know, me and Emilio, like, we just jumped in there, you know, it was like an opportunity for us to, uh, to help out Jeff and for us to do something great, you know? So I, I was, uh, you know, grateful, much gratitude for Emilio even giving me the, you know, the audition, you know? So, uh, so yeah, it worked out 
and you know, we, the album came out and shit sounds great. We're happy about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're we're hoping that we you know we can get some other stuff out soon. Yeah, so, not in like uh, not yeah. in thirty years. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, we're, we are every everybody's kind of writing in their own sense right now. So we're hoping that once this shit calms down you know, we can get back to what we were doing, you know, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, everybody's got some riffs. Jeff has some ideas. Uh, and all we can hope is, you know, that we could get together and put it together. Yeah. Yeah. No, well, I I assume that, you know, with the time that you guys have, there's uh, you know, obviously coffin text, you got new material for that possessed. I'm, you know, and there's stuff coming down the road for that as well. Your lineup seems pretty solid this, at this point, I think though, you guys feel pretty good that this is, this is the lineup going forward. Oh yes, definitely. Definitely the lineup. I mean, uh, Claudius, once we got Claudius involved, it was just like, wow, that was it. That was, that was the piece we needed to complete the whole circle really. So we're, yeah, we're definitely happy having Claudius aboard, you know, we were touring, you know, with other people and every, you know, everything was cool. But once we got that guy involved, you know, it was, it was bam. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. He is a beast. And, 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 you know, possessed has always been one of those bands that is fast. It's intense. It kind of borders on that thrash element, but really kind of leans more towards the death metal side. Claudius has always kind of been really into the, really kind of melodic power metal, but also the heavy stuff. I mean, I love Dragon Lord. Um, I loved his other band, Serpent, that he did with his wife, Cass. That was super fucking cool. Um, so, yeah, I th- that was a, that was an awesome fit for sure. Um, and you guys, like, you joined, what, were you 2012 or so is kind of when you hooked up with them? Yeah, it was like 2012. Yeah. 2012 is when I did my first show with Possessed. And you got that uh, yeah, because uh, you got an, uh, an audition through... Emilio, did I hear that right? Yeah, so it was like uh, two years prior. They had they had like an audition for the band because they were still trying to figure out after the guys from Sadistic left on you know what was going to happen. Right, so, and he and he's the last carryover from that particular era. Yeah, yeah. So when those guys left, I think it was like 2010. They left. They had the audition, and to- Tony was playing with them for a little bit. And then he ended up leaving. So they, they asked me if I, you know, if I was willing to take the spot and yeah, you know, I took the spot and it, and it worked out. Yeah. <laughs> I would say it more than worked out. I mean, uh, you guys kind of hit the road on fire. You know, you, you ended up putting out an album that, that hit the charts, like probably nobody even imagined you did some awesome fucking tours. Um, you got some videos with uh, Peter Stormare, which is fucking cool. Uh, and then of course, just all kinds of just awesome things. So I, I think that that album, uh, really hit people really hard that this is, wow, these guys, not only are they back, but they're back with a vengeance. And, uh, yeah, it was just, I got a chance to see you guys in Oakland, which was cool at the Metro. And, uh, it was a really funny story. I don't know if you've heard it, if any of the guys have told you about it, like Scott or anything, but uh, I was standing on the side of the stage and Scott, uh, Pavarnik gives me a message and, and he goes, Hey, can you come and, and help out Emilio? And I was like, Oh, okay, cool. I get back there and the big tapestry that was behind his drum kit, it was hanging down and it was hitting his cymbals. 
and it was muting his cymbals as he was playing. So I was like, oh shit, that kind of sucks. And Scott goes, here, so can you hold this thing? And I was like, yeah, for how long? He's like, the whole set. <laughs> so, oh, shit, really? Yeah. So, <laughs> so I held it, which was, I mean, it was cool. I saw I saw probably all but like three or four songs from back there, which was awesome. And, and at the same time, there was a point in the show where I don't know what happened, but uh, you were like scrambling around looking for like a bottle of water or something. And you were screaming, I need some fucking water. I need some fucking water. So, oh, so really? yeah, it was really hilarious. <laughs> so then I go and I'm like, here, let's go That's find some water. One. Yeah. So I'm like, uh, I'll play water boy and I'll play carpet boy. And, uh, it was, it was pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah. That's hilarious. Super great show. And then you chugged out like 12 waters in about 30 seconds, like between songs. It was amazing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, he's yeah, going to piss well, himself. That's probably what it was. I was probably dying from fucking, you know, from <laughs> dehydration or some shit. Oh, dude, it was funny. It was so funny. Yeah, that, that show, though, that was such an epic show. And I, I, I always go back to it because it's pretty memorable. Just the whole the whole <laughs> evening was was super awesome. So but uh, yeah, it was funny. Some cool some cool stories kind of kind of came out of that. So, um, yeah. And uh, well, speaking of Scott, you're also getting that SP built, right? Oh yeah, Dude, yeah, definitely. Tell yeah. us about that. that how that how that come to be? How that conversation <laughs> start? I mean, I assume it had to do with you know him building for Jeff and him building for Claudius. Yeah, well, you know when he built for Claudius, I was like, oh shit, you know that's fucking sick. And he saw my my base, and he was like, oh fuck, that's pretty fucking badass. I was like, fuck, can you build one? And you know, because I my other base, I I have two customs made by Ron Estrada, you know, uh, Mammoth Guitars. Mm -hmm. And he made my, he made my, my rack V's, the two rack V's that I have. And, uh, and I was like, well, you know, if you can make a rack V for me, yeah, with your headstock on it. And he's like, fuck yeah, I'll make one. So that's where we're at. You know, he's making, you know, he's making my custom V with his headstock on it. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty fucking stoked, dude. If you've seen pictures of that thing, it's amazing. I have seen uh, I mean, pictures I'm, of it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm supposed to be getting it in December. He's supposed to be flying over here. Um yeah, because you know, he's supposed to come over here in December and and uh talk with Derek Myers from Dark Angel yep. for a guitar. And uh and yeah, and I was talking to my buddy from Body Count, Mr. Juan Garcia oh, about shit. it. And he was like, oh, really? He's going to be around? I'm like, yeah, because I, I used to play with Juan in, you know, Agent Seal and stuff and yeah. matches of metal. So, yeah, you know, I, I was talking to him about some shit, some shit. And he was like, oh, you, what's up with that V that you're getting? When are you getting that? Like, he was all curious about it, you know. And uh, I, I told him, you know, Scott's going to be showing up. And when he shows up, you know, I'll, I'll uh, you know, introduce you to him. So. Yeah, he's uh he's he's psyched up about seeing that shit. Yeah, yeah, that's all. And Eric's getting a V made too, so um, that's that's pretty awesome. Um, it's really funny, you know. Ron Reinhardt lives like one town over from me, one or two towns over from me. Um, oh yeah. wow, really? Yeah, yeah. Eric was on the show a couple months back, um, so he he was a blast to talk to. Uh, but yeah, Scott's uh, he's building some fucking beastly stuff. And you you here's the cool thing. So. Your bass playing style is a little different, obviously. Uh, you use a Kaler, or at least a tremolo on your bass. I assume it's a Kaler. I'm not sure if that's accurate, but... Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a Kaler, dude. I, I use Kalers, yeah. Yeah. And so, now, while tremolo on a bass is not unheard of, 
the way that you play, you are an intense motherfucker. I mean, you, <laughs> you pound on this thing. Your, your, your style is so it's precise, but it's heavy and it's fast and it's intense. So when did you decide at what point you're like, fuck it, I want to add some tremolo to my action. <laughs> well, you know, actually when I was a kid, I, I was, you know, growing up, you know, in the fucking early eighties, you know, I, got turned on, I, uh, you know, Mr. The King, Eddie Van Halen. Yeah. You know, so once I saw that shit or, you know, heard that, you know, Randy Rhodes and all that, Iron Maiden came after. But, you know, I had always had the interest of guitar stuff. So, but, uh, yeah, that's basically why I decided to just, you know, I, I wanted to go down that road. You know, a, day, a long time ago, they had ads for, like, Halers and stuff on, like, guitar magazines and and I always, always thought, well, that'd be kind of cool to put one on there. But I, you know, I never had the opportunity until I had got older. And uh, when I got my custom maids, yeah, that's when I got the tailors on there. Yeah. I was pretty happy with that. And, then, and, and the thing was, is when I got my first rack made by Ron, because uh, I play with distortion, you yeah. know, coffin text. That, that's what the, the V, the first V I had made was... Coffin text, it had unks on it, and yeah, so I had distortion get a guitar pickup put into it, <laughs> you know. So I, 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 yeah, I pretty much went down that road. I had a guitar pickup put into it, a tailor, and yeah, I was, you know, that's what I was using for a while, and yeah, I got used to using the tailor. So from then on, I just said, yeah, I just want to put a tailor on it, and pretty much anything I add. But uh, recently, I've been using a Fender for other stuff. I like the Fenders, but yeah, Taylors are very cool. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's awesome to see you know people breaking out of the mold. I think of what you would expect from from musicians in certain genres, and I I like to see that. And you don't like overuse it or anything. It's not gimmicky. It's just something that you do that's uh, adds that little bit of extra. I don't know, fucking secret sauce or something to your to your sound. Are you, uh, do you use dark glass, uh, preamps as well? Yes. Yeah. Actually, I, I just got endorsed by dark glass like last year. Ugh. So I've, I've been using dark glass for a while from, you know, for that, from last year on, but, uh, yeah, it's a great product, dude. I, uh, I got, uh, it's called, uh, I forgot. I think it's called a tone capsule mm -hmm. and I got that. I got that installed on the V that Scott's bringing me. Yeah. So I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to find out what that thing, you know, sounds like, you know, I, I don't really, I'm not really sure what it sounds like, but we're going to find out. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> now, are you going to, are you going to get some pedals to go with it? You know, kind of some extra boosts and things like that to kind of complement it? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of like, I like the low end. I'm more of a solid low end guy. I don't like to use a lot of pedals. Yeah. You know, unless it, you know, a tuner is probably the most for me, but I, I just kind of just depend on the pickups and the head. Yeah. You know, like. And uh, you're, you're really a GK a, guy, right? That's kind of what you go through. Uh, I, yeah, I was using GK for a little bit. Yeah, I, I like, yeah, GK was, it's cool. You know, the dark glass with the GK cabinets, though. Yeah, that sounds way sicker, dude. Yeah, that sounds you know? awesome. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah. it'll be uh, interesting to see, you know, what, what happens next time around, uh, you know, when you get to either play some more live shows or, you know, get some new recordings once you got your new equipment. I've got, I got a friend of mine who's all about the dark glass and uh, he's got it, he's got it installed, but then he also has this, this series of, you know, various pedals and things like that that he uses with it. And his, his tone goes from this really dark jazzy vibe to it and then when you kicks in the gain on it it just blows your mind and uh yeah that's that's fucking killer if you're if you're endorsed by them you know get the hook up hey send me some shit guys <laughs> yeah definitely <laughs> <laughs> fucking a bro that's yeah. cool well, you uh, you mentioned Agent Steel a second ago, and I kind of wanted to touch on that because they're one of those bands that uh, has been around a very long time, and they they also are kind of known as, I guess, a rotating door of epic musicians. Uh, James Murphy, for instance, just to throw out a name out there, was was somebody who was also involved. But uh, so, how did you get involved with that setup, and then why did you leave? Well, uh, what happened was, I think it was like Alien Enigma tour. They were supposed to uh tour that album alien enigma i think that was like 2007 and juan garcia asked me if i wanted to do the tour uh carlos medina i guess couldn't do it so i ended up doing that tour and then i was uh you know i joined the band from there uh, the tour just went so well this- you're like fuck it i may as well stay yeah why not i mean they had <laughs> other things going on so, and I liked the music a lot. I thought the members were really cool. So I, I stood in the band uh, and, uh, you know, they continued on for like, I don't know, maybe three years, 2000, let me see, 2007, eight, nine, 10, 11. And then Bruce left in 2011. So it was like five years I was in the band. And then he left. And when the, when he left, the band changed the name to Masters of Metal. Yeah, it was it wasn't Agent Steel anymore. Oh, I I didn't realize that was the same band. Yeah, Masters of Metal is the same band. Okay. As Agent Steel, it's just Bernie, the guitar player, it was singing on that. He sings on the Masters of Metal stuff. Got yeah, it. So, so a different yeah, sound. Yeah. They kind of felt like they wanted to change the name a little bit just to let people know that it was a little bit different. Well, yeah. I mean, the thing was is that we didn't want to continue on with the name. Like, we. well, the thing was is John Cyrus had, we had did some shows with John Cyrus. He had came back to Agent Steel. Yeah. And we were going to try to work it out with him. And it didn't work out. It didn't work out. We had a bunch of songs ready to go. And John didn't, you know, it didn't work out with John and Juan and Bernie. That's basically what it was. Some personality so, differences there. Yeah. So it was just that. And, you know, so when he left, it was like, well, we don't want to use the name again. So that's why they ended up using Masters of Metal because it was like, you know, it, it, it was Agent Steel. It's just not with John Cyrus. Gotcha. You know, and every, a lot of a lot of people know why they they got you know they got their reasons. I know John's doing his own thing, and you know I wish him the best on that. I really do, you know. But uh, you know, Masters of Metal, we did what we you know what we were doing, and then Bernie, you know, he suffered an aneurysm, so you know he's still recovering from that at this moment. 
So that's the reason why Masters of Metal doesn't really exist at this moment. Ah, okay. So it wasn't really like you left. It just kind of things just kind of went on hold. Yeah. Well, he, he got, he had an aneurysm. He almost died. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it really fucked him up pretty bad. (laughs) Well, yeah. So, uh, so yeah, right now he's, you know, he's still trying to recover from that. And, you know, we, we hope one day he can come back. Uh, we don't, we didn't disband the band. It just, we just left it alone. Okay. You know, so, you know, Juan ended up moving on to doing, you know, Evil Dead and Body Count. And Body Count, yeah. And Body Count's back doing some new stuff too, so that's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. Their new stuff sounds really killer. Yeah, that that, uh, cover of uh, Institutionalized fucking cracks me up Um, every time I see that. I I, I love Suicidal back in the day. Uh, yeah, that, that particular song is so iconic, you know, but, uh, you know, bitching about like his girl won't let him play his Xbox. I'm just laughing my fucking nuts off. That was so funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a, that's a hilarious video. I saw that the other day, actually. Fucking funny. <laughs> right on. Well, you know, your musical tastes, uh, vary quite a bit from, from what I've learned about you in that, uh, you kind of take inspiration and, uh, get, get kind of, um, I guess, inspiration from all sources of material. And I was surprised to see, you know, looking, for instance, at your at your Facebook profile, how much you have on there dedicated to Eddie Van Halen, um, which obviously, you know, losing him was a huge kind of resounding loss, you know, for the world. But, you know, musicians in general, what no matter what instrument you play, were hit really hard by that. So, so how did he affect you? Damn. Uh, Damn, I grew grew up listening to, you know, this guy. So it's, it's really, you know, that's basically what it is. You know, when you're listening to somebody for so fucking long, you know what I mean? And you're over here, you know, I was like, I think 14 years old and I'm, you know, sitting in my, my mom's car trying to figure out what the fuck, you know, what he's doing through (laughs) eruption and all this shit. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It's just, you know, when you're watching this guy, you know, the US Festival, I went to the US Festival, I was like 16 when I watched him. And, you know, so it's like I grew up with the guy. He kind of like helped me through my delinquency. You know what I mean? Because I was going through a lot of shit growing up. I think a lot of kids, you know, go through a lot of shit when they're growing up. But, you you know, a lot of their music kind of like helped me through a lot of that shit. So, you know, that's the reason why I, you know, I, I feel for the guy. You know what I mean? Like it's, He's still, you know, it's it, the music means a lot to me. So I, I appreciated that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think there's a musician out there at some capacity that that hasn't been affected directly or indirectly by by him and kind of what he brought to the industry. And, and you know, uh, Alex Van Halen, of course, being the beastly drummer that he is as well, has inspired countless people, uh, you know, in metal and outside of metal. I mean, it's still... I always have my friends that want to play like hot for teacher, for instance. And they're like, man, that fucking drum beat, the timing is so weird on it. I just can never get it down. And, uh, I've known a million people that can play the guitar on that song. And then it's always the drummers like, fuck that intro is so hard. <laughs> well, yeah, I think he uses a, a three, like a, that pedal that has like three fucking bass. It has three bass pedals on it. I have no uh, idea three, what the hell he's uh, doing. Yeah, I forgot what it has. I mean, like three of them on there or some shit like there. Yeah. yeah, it's fucking weird, dude. Yeah, those guys always thought up a weird shit, so it's, it's cool. Yeah. You know? 
Well, I was also uh, noticing that you seem to be a fan of kind of the old, the old power metal, you know, like the, the Dio, uh, Ozzy, Queensryche, of course, I'm a huge fan of. I've seen those guys live probably more than any other band out there. Um, being from Seattle, obviously, they're, they're kind of hometown heroes. But, uh, you know, I've seen them live with Fate's Warning a couple of times, and, and that's just an f- amazing pairing of those two bands. Uh, have you had a chance to see them live? Yeah, actually, I saw them Rage for Order when I was very young. Damn. So, yeah, very, I'm fucking dude, that, that shit was killer. I saw him with ACDC, I think it was, at uh, Irvine Meadows. And, uh, yeah, you know, they were always a big influence growing up. You know, when I was I playing, you know, metal when I was growing up, you know, we, we, we used to play. I, I played in a, in a band called, like, Truth or some shit. I think it, <laughs> we were called Truth. And... You know, we played like the Troubadour and like fucking the whiskey and all this shit. Yeah. And, uh, you know, our, our singer was all influenced by like Queensryche. And, you know, we were, uh, yeah, we were deeply like power metal driven band. But, um, but yeah, you know, once you, once the thrash started coming out, it kind of like, fuck all that, you yeah. know, then we started getting into the thrash shit, you know? Sure. But, um, uh, but that was the thing, you know, when I, when I was changing over to the thrash stuff, you know, Cliff Burton, like, whoa, like I, I went, to, you know, my guitar player at the time when we were growing up, the one that was, yeah, I played in Truth and all that stuff, he was getting lessons from like Phil Sandoval from Armored Saint. Damn. So, um, yeah, we were living in, we lived in El Sereno, which is the same city that, you know, they live in, you know, the, Gon- the Gonzo and Phil live in. And uh, he was getting lessons from um and uh and yeah you know that's how i started going to gigs the first gig i saw with them was rat rat and armored chain at the troubadour and yeah i was like i forgot how old i was i was in junior high school yeah but uh you know i saw that and then i and then i went to go see you know we were in high school and it was like somebody bought tickets to go see armored chain at the country club and we were like, oh, fuck, let's go check it out. You know, I, I want, you know, I'm down to go. Oh, some fuck, this chick that we knew from San Francisco, you know, she, we didn't, we hardly knew this chick, but she was like, oh, this fucking band, my, my, my buddy's band's playing opening up for them. And it was Metallica. And we were like, <laughs> we were like, you know, these, you know, these guys, oh yeah, I, I know them. Like, oh, okay. So she said she was going to go and we're like, okay, whatever. We ended up fucking going, dude. And, yeah, I saw Cliff Burton like two feet away from me. That's insane. At the, at the, at, yeah, at the country club uh, with Armored Saint. And yeah, that pretty much, you know, it fucked me up because I was a Steve Harris fan. Yeah. You know, and, and, and Steve Harris was just, you know, that was like, you couldn't get any better. But whoa, lo and behold, this guy, fucking Ted Nugent with the Rickenbacker. You know, playing solos like, oh, on his shit. bass. Yeah, dude, with the distortion pedal, and it just <laughs> fucked me up. That shit fucked me up, dude. And yeah. after that, I was just like, yeah, you know, that 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 it fucked me up that bad. That I was like, I didn't know what to do then. You know what I mean? Like it kind of crumbled my world. Was that know? a turning point so, for <laughs> you as far as deciding to pursue bass? Yeah. Well, I mean, the bass was always, you know. When I was young, that's what my mom bought me. My mom bought me a bass. You know, my brother was like, oh, you know, you, you, sh- you should play bass. Yeah. You know, and because and he, he knew my buddies were already playing guitar. He's all, oh, you should play bass. And then he knew like a, 
you know, a friend of his that taught bass, you know, Jose Pedrosa. So that's where, that was my teacher because this guy was a badass. He played Rush and all kinds of shit, Yeah, you know. So, so I got lessons from him, you know, and he's teaching me Rothschild and all this shit. So I, I learned all that, you know, he was teaching me all the basics and that's pretty much where, you know, the foundation was that, you know. But seeing Cliff Burton, that was like, whoa, that was like, this guy was not in the, he was thinking outside of the box. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's, that's where I, I had to start. Well, what am I going to do? That's going to be outside of the box. But that, that didn't hit till the nineties for me, you know, really when like coffin text and all that shit, like, like, you know, that, and even still, even that was like, we were just starting and that was just, you know, dreams, you know, pipe dreams, you know, like when you're, when you're a kid. Sure. But uh, yeah, we just, we, we had fun doing what we did and, you know, now we're here, 2020, dude, right? <laughs> we're old, brother. That's the... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, too old. Oh, it's crazy. You know, when I when I think about it, you know, uh, going back and, and, and listening to the bands I still listen to that I listened to when I was a kid, and then now I'm in a position which I'm super blessed by that I, that I get to talk to all you guys and kind of relive that stuff through your eyes, and I realize, man, you know, it's not uncommon. These guys, fifties and sixties, you know, it's just like, you know, I'm creeping up on 50 myself. And, uh, it just kind of blows your mind when you think about how fast the time has come. And, uh, but I do look back and I go, you know, a lot of these bands that I loved when I was a kid are now making new material for the first time. I mean, 2018 and 2019, you started to see a resurgence of bands that didn't release material for so long. I mean, you know, they're possessed and exhorter and just, you know, all kinds of bands were releasing stuff that hadn't been releasing on a regular schedule. So uh, it kind of made me all nostalgic. Yeah, yeah, definitely, dude. I mean, uh, I'm actually writing some stuff right now that's it's more like in the, you know, Queensryche type of, vibe you know what i mean like yeah. it's not even death metal you know I, I i write so much different types of stuff i write death metal i write power metal type stuff you know but uh but yeah you know you're the, you got to keep it alive in your mind you know sure. like, everything's just you know music is just the thing that keeps your your brain uh you know kind of like away from the stress level you know kind of keeps the stress level down you sure. know so that that's why music for me is like that that's how my brain relaxed. Yeah. You know, sometimes. So, well, I know that, uh, especially like with coffin text, for instance, you were known to kind of throw out some, some cool cover songs. Um, you know, uh, I think Slayer was a kind of one that came to mind. Um, let's say that you were going to do an album that was going to be entirely covers. What songs would be on the album and who would you ask to play with you? What would be on the album and yeah. who would I ask to play with me? That's a tough mm. one. Well, you know, it's funny you say that because I, I, I do a, a, you know, a cover band. I have a cover band. Shut up, really? But, yeah, it's called Deep Cuts. Yeah, and we do a bunch of like Van Halen. We do a bunch of shit, dude. Van oh. Halen. We do Iron Maiden. We do like, uh, we do some Dio, some Black Sabbath. Uh, yeah, we do a bunch of shit, dude. But, um, yeah, I'd probably want to do something like that. You know, some Priest, fucking Maiden, you know, what I normally fucking play all the time. I mean, I, I've been playing covers since I was very young, dude. So, you know, we, we, we do all that shit. Yeah. We do all the old, 
all the old Maiden, all the classic rock shit, all the Van Halen stuff. I used to play a lot of Van Halen with Emilio, but uh, yeah, if anything, it'd probably be something like that, you know, more rock and, and to have on the album, sheesh. Fuck, bro. Uh, I don't know. That's a hard one. You, you know, <laughs> you know a, a lot one. of people. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, there's there's just too many musicians, dude. I mean, if, if I knew them personally, probably just, you know, like, I don't know, Emilio. Because <laughs> <laughs> I like the style, you know? I mean, yeah. But, uh, you know, I don't know. It's, there's so many good drummers out there. Guitar players, Bob, Steve, I, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, He could bring that yeah, badass, yeah. that heart guitar from, like, the David Lee Roth tour, you know, like that triple oh, neck God. thing. Yeah. You know, you know which one I liked was the Flame. Yeah. That flame guitar he had. That shit was fucking cool. I always <laughs> dug that shit. But, uh, yeah, dude. You know, basically, yeah, it's just old classic rock. You know, I'm more of a classic rock guy. I love that shit. That, that, you know, uh, the reason why I liked it a lot, like, death metal is cool, and I love death metal. I'll fucking still continue to keep doing death metal, which is great, and I'll fucking, you know. But what's cool about the classic rock is it, it sometimes it lets music breathe you know what i mean there's this shit's so fast and i hear blast beats all fucking day you know <laughs> i sometimes it's cool to it's cool to hear music breathe you know yeah yeah the blast beats in your head uh yeah that'll fuck with you after a while and sitting next to a drummer with those kick drums pounding will also fuck with your head for a while yeah yeah <laughs> definitely definitely that's why i kind of sometimes you know like uh you know we'll, we'll play the cover stuff you know kind of like you know, kind of get away from that for a little bit, you know, so it's kind of more mellower of a mellow trip, sure. you know, but, uh, yeah, you know, it's playing blast beats, dude, you can do that shit all day. You know, I, I saw this drummer, actually, one of the guys that was playing with us on the deep cuts, his name's Chris. <laughs> He's a kid, you know, and this fucking kid walks in there and starts fucking blasting out Sepultura tunes and, you know, <laughs> he, this guy's like, yeah, playing Morbid Angel and all this shit. This guy's like in his twenties, you know, and it's like, wow, you know, all these drummers, like, they're everybody's just that's what it is, dude. Everybody's just fast now, you know. Most of them, you know, millennials or, you know, people that are doing music these days that I I see, most of them are like, it's like fast paced music. Yeah, you understand what I'm saying, right? Yeah, you just need to kind of. Uh... You need to take a step back from all that and, and also just recognize that some of these people that are coming up, uh, they're learning younger and younger and younger and they're developing that skill yeah. set so young. Yeah, definitely. I just think sometimes, you know, people got to, you know, I mean, there's all kinds of styles of music these days, you know, it's just, you know, I, I, I appreciated me growing up in the, you know, with the stuff I had, you know, so I just hope that there's, you know, artists out there that, you know, pump out some good shit for the years to come. Yeah. Well, I, I have no doubt that, uh, if anything, this year is a, uh, creative boost to the world. So I'm sure in 2021, things kind of maybe open up a little bit. You start to see the result of some of that stuff. Yeah, definitely. So what, uh, what are you doing definitely. then when, you know, when you're not, when you're not playing, you know, doing the coffin text or possessed, you're just kicking back, chilling, you know, what's on your, What's on your agenda for the day? You do like artwork or you just do random like shit around the house? What's going on with you? Uh, I smoke weed. <laughs> <laughs> I smoke a lot of weed, dude. And uh, 
And yeah, you know, I, I paint once in a while. I do some painting. And, uh, you know, just practice, practice covers. Yeah. You know, I play a, like, you know. But, uh, yeah, that's basically it. You know, I help on my buddy grows, you know, grow, you know, a kind of cultivation type stuff. But, uh, yeah, that's basically it, dude. I just, you know, a lot of CBDs, a lot of THC, and a lot of music. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's uh, where I'm at. I mean, there's there's a... Geez, there's legal pot shops on every corner uh, in my neck of the woods, and I've got a couple of friends that work for Massive Grows, and uh, it's a pretty crazy operations to to kind of see that stuff, you know, without having to hide under a fucking rock somewhere, um, to yeah, <laughs> you know, without having to That's run the great. other way. But uh, it's it's pretty crazy. It's definitely it's strange to see that become a a, a business. You know what I'm saying? As opposed to just. Uh, you know, a thing that you went out in the fucking alley and fucking ran from the cops. Uh, you know, now it's, <laughs> now it's, it's big fucking business, you know, in Seattle, they, they, they make a lot of money on that tax money here in Seattle. So, um, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much dude. I mean, here in LA, it's, it's everywhere, dude. I mean, the jungle boys and, you know, dealing with all kinds of different growers everywhere. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's cool. And I love it because yeah, varieties, you know, that's what people need, right? Variety. Yeah. All the choices in the world. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. All the choices. So, well, we've gotten quite a bit of cool stuff out there. Obviously, uh, we know that Coffin Text has got some new stuff in the works, but it sounds like that's probably still a while before we're going to hear that. Yeah, it'll probably be probably next year, dude. Okay. Like right now, like I said, you know, we're, we're still trying to like tighten everything up, but I'm almost positive next year we're going to be recording this. Right on. And yeah. And I think that I saw something, are you guys, uh, uh, set for, for, uh, kill town death fest for 2021? Yeah. Well, we were hoping dude. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. If they got this vaccine and all this shit, because like even over there, I, I keep hearing that they're like shutting stuff down in Europe. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, we just got to keep it positive in hopes that everything works out and and we'll wait and see. Yeah. Well, you know, just dropping this out there at you, Claudius has that venue in his house. So, you know, oh, yeah. if nothing else, <laughs> it can be the, uh, the the Claudius basement tour and you guys could do some some live streams and put together a festival over there. I just volunteered you, Claudius. Sorry about that. I'm sure he won't care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he supports Coffin Text, and we love Claudius for that. Yeah. So, well, is there anything else that you want to reveal to the world or uh, give any final thoughts on before I let you get back to your day? Yeah, just, you know, thanks a lot, Mike, for the interview. And, you know, everybody stay safe out there and uh, tune in, you know, for Possessed, Coffin Text. And that's pretty much in a shout out to Mr. Bernie Versailles. Hope you get better, brother. And that's pretty much it. Awesome. Hey, dude, this has been awesome. Uh, Bobby Cardenas, thank you so much for hanging out at Misery Point Radio. Looking forward to hearing new stuff down the road. And, uh, you know, we'll kind of, we'll keep in touch and I'll, I'll check out all your your new stuff as it, as it hits the world. So uh, thanks again for hanging out today, man. Thank you, sir. Have a good day. Well, there you have it. Piles of metal awesomeness. Thanks again for hanging out with me in the wasteland here on Misery Point Radio. Always appreciate your support. Please do me the solid. Follow the show on all those crazy social media platforms. Give it a like. Give it a share. 
give it a subscribe, and do the same on your favorite streaming platform, which now includes Pandora and Amazon Music. How cool is that? So now I think we're going to close this out with one more song, and I'm in the mood for a little possessed, because why the fuck not? So here it is, off their latest album, Revelations of Oblivion. Here's Possessed with Abandoned. Armageddon! 